0: Today, we look at why we have a hope that will never die. Hi, welcome to Create Your Faith. I'm Luke Gradless, and this is one of our bite-sized Bible studies. Today, we are starting our journey through the book of 1 Peter, and we are looking at what this wonderful book has to tell us about trials, how we deal with hope even in the midst of those trials, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up. We're going to start in 1 Peter chapter 1. Again, it's 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's jump in. In 1 Peter chapter 1, it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the temporary residence dispersed in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, and set apart by the Spirit for obedience, and for sprinkling with the blood of Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. One of the things that I love about the introductions of these letters is that how they're always based on the person's relationship with God. He says, to the temporary residents, dispersed. In other versions, you see the word aliens. And he's making a point. It's not that these people don't belong in these cities that they're in. He's making a bigger point, which is, we as Christians, we as believers in Jesus Christ, the moment we are born again, with the Holy Spirit in us, we belong to a different kingdom. We belong to a different world. We are aliens living here. We are exiles living behind enemy lines. The culture of the world around us, the values of the world around us, they don't align to God's kingdom. And so we must always remember that. While we live here, while we work here, while we love those around us, while we try to build the kingdom of God here in this land that we are, this is not our home. And we don't forget that and so the second thing he he makes knowledge of here is is that part of you and i being the children of god being set aside being god's people is that obedience is one of the things that identifies us all right if we are christians one of the ways that you know that is that we are obedient to god's word we are obedient to god and this plays off a lot of the things we talked about in, in the book of james It's the idea as Christians that I'm not sprinkling a little bit of Jesus into my life to make the parts of my life that I don't think are going well better. No, my whole life is built around God. And because he is my master and I am his servant, that I am here to obey his commands. I am here to follow him. I am here to go where he goes. It says in verse three, praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupted, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being protected by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, though now for a short time you have had to struggle in various trials so that the genuineness of your faith, more valuable than gold, which perishes to refine by fire may result in praise glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ you love him though you have not seen him and though not seeing him now you believe in him and rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith the salvation of your souls and and, and so when you look at 1st Peter chapter 1 it is overall telling us in the midst of your suffering remember your great salvation remember your great salvation and i think this is an important thing for two huge reasons one just like you see in the book of james there is this this understanding that as a christian life will be hard that as a christian you're going to go through suffering you're going to go through trials you're going to go through tribulations this is not strange this is not weird this is not unexpected what keeps us hopeful is that we remember our darkest day has already come and passed. There was a time where the sin of our lives, where the corruption of our souls was on us, and we were doomed. There was only one destination for us, and that was hell. But then Jesus Christ came to earth, he lived to show us love, he then died on a cross, not for his sins, not for his life, but for ours. And then he rose from the dead defeating death and offering a new life to you and I. And so we start to see one of the beautiful things about this salvation that we take hope in it. Not only is the salvation itself beautiful and wonderful, but the reason it's a living hope that you and I can just hold on to in all times is because it is protected by the power of God, not you and I. It is God who saved us. It is God who did the work. It is God who defeated death. It is God who gave us new life. It is God who has saved us. All the glory of that goes to him. Not an ounce of it comes to us. And because of that, I have unbelievable hope. And it is that focus on the resurrection of Christ, powered and protected by God, that gives me a living hope to face anything that's thrown my way. I have the certainty and the salvation because of that. Second, there's an interesting perspective that he gives to us, right? He says, You rejoice in this, now though for a short time you've had to struggle in various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, more valuable than gold, which perishes through refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor. What's he saying? He's saying that this great joy we have in salvation, that's protected by the power of God, is also proven through the struggles we go through. Right? We show we have this real faith in God, not when life is comfortable, not when everything is easy, but rather we show it when the times are tough, when the deck is stacked against us. It's in those moments that our faith really shows. And as Christians, we need to look at the trials we go through, not merely as something that we just, God, please take this away. But no, we need to ask God, one, what can I learn in the midst of this? And two, let me Prove my faith in this. In this time where it is so hard, let me show people the glory, the wonder, the awesomeness of you, God, by being faithful in the storm. Then in verse 10, look what he says. He says, Concerning the salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that would come to you searched and carefully investigated. They inquired into what time or what circumstances the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating when he testified in advance of the messianic sufferings and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. These things have now been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Angels desire to look into these things. And so what's he saying? Again, these trials and sufferings, they shouldn't be unknown to you, right? Both the gift of the salvation you've been given and the trials that you endure with it. These things have been talked about forever. They were prophesied by the Old Testament prophets, right? They spent their time and, and energy and effort digging into the prophecies, digging into scripture to understand who the Messiah would be, understand how salvation would be obtained, and understand what it would mean to us, God's people, when that salvation came. We are the beneficiaries of history, and that those things that so many generations were looking forward to, waiting on, longing for. You and I get to live in them. Then in verse 13, he kind of changed the topic. So he says, Therefore, with your minds ready for action, be serious and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance, but as the one who called you is holy, you are to be holy in all your conduct. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. And if you address as father the one who judges impartially based on each one's work, you are to conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your temporary residence. For you know that you were redeemed with your empty way of life, inherited from the fathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Like that of a lamb, without defect or blemish, he was chosen before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of times. For you who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and your hope are in God. And so now he's starting to talk about the consequences of your salvation, right? So you have this great hope in your salvation. That hope powers you through these trials and tribulations, but it also changes who you are, right? You can't have this unbelievable gift from God. You can't have this new eternal life and not have it change who you are. And so one of the first things that shows up is the priority of holiness, right? If we are the people of God, we will change. And frankly, this this is something that shouldn't be such a shock to us, right? There's so many people who wanna say that they're Christians and say that they've had this encounter with God, yet their life before him and their life after him look identical, there's no change. And and don't get me wrong here, all of us are going to have a different path of sanctification, right? All of us are going to have a different path as far as how much we are becoming holier and holier, how fast we are becoming holier and holier, what our journeys and our battles and our fights against sin look like. Some of them might be longer and harder, some of them might be easier and faster. But no matter what, all of us should be on this journey of sanctification. And so one of the priorities of our lives once the spirit of god is with us is is us becoming holy which means us set apart remember as he talked about in the beginning of chapter one where he said you're aliens right you're not of this land well that's what being holy is right it means to be set apart you're removed from things by the way that you live your life People can see that you don't belong to this world. Everybody else is behaving in the flesh. Everybody else is consumed by sin. And you are pulled out of this and behave in a holy and righteous manner. Why? Because of God. Not because of you, but because of God. Verse 22, it says, By obedience to the truth, having purified yourselves for sincere love of the brothers, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass and all its glory like a flower of the grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached as the gospel to you. And so he concludes chapter one by pointing us to the word. And so if we can look at the whole chapter, what we're seeing is we have a certainty in our salvation that gives us this living hope, we are certain of our salvation because it was gained through God's power, preserved by God's power. That salvation gives us the hope to persevere through trials. And in those trials, we prove that we are the children of God. And then as we look at being those children, because we have this hope, we start to see changes. And so this beginning intro is just a great way to kind of remind us of What do we base our our foundation in, in the midst of trials? We show in the midst of our trials that we belong to God and that we are his children. We pursue holiness, we show love to our brothers and sisters, and we pursue with great passion the word of God. It's a great baseline to remind us how do we face those tough times. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us today. As always, my hope for you is that this is not the totality of your biblical study today. I hope this is just a catalyst that helps you jump off into your study. I just hope you spend much more time reading the Word, praying on the Word, meditating on the Word, reading through study notes, and really letting God's Word speak to you and where you're at in life. I hope you have a great day. May God bless you. May God use you. We'll see you soon.